grace and peace, love and mercy from God our Father, through Jesus Christ, our risen Savior and Lord. Amen. Text for our meditation today, the epistle reading, Ephesians 4, 1 to 6. I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, dear brothers and sisters in Christ. Can't we just get along? How many times haven't you heard that in the last 20 years or so? Can't we just get along? Some of you will remember the first time those words were famously spoken. Gentleman by the name of Rodney King in the aftermath of the L.A. riots from 1992. More than 60 people were killed in these riots. Some estimates 2,500 people were injured as a result of these riots. A billion dollars in damage because of these riots. Why? Well, people didn't like the outcome of a court case. And they rioted. They rioted because of Rodney King and the verdict. And finally, Rodney King went on TV and said, stop it. Can't we just get along? Think about our world today. How many times don't we think, say, or maybe even pray that we can get along. Divisions are everywhere. Black and white, rich and poor, conservative and liberal. And then from there you can make even more divisions. We have divisions in our politics. We have our divisions in our sports. We have our divisions on where we shop. We have divisions on what we drive. What we drink, Coke, Pepsi, oh no, I'll never talk to you again. Divisions are everywhere. They affect how we think. They affect how we talk. They affect how we act. These divisions seem to be growing. The divide between people seems to be getting deeper and deeper. How can we get along when we can't even sit down and talk? Or we can send an email or a text or a tweet or a Facebook post, but heaven forbid we sit down and talk to somebody one-on-one. -on -one. Can't we just get along? My friends... God's word for today, Ephesians 4, 1 to 6, teaches us how to get along. God's word for today, Ephesians 4, 1 to 6, teaches us about true unity. That's what we're talking about here, right? True unity. And this true unity that is born from humility. 
humility and unity, unity and humility, two sides to the same coin. What does God's word teach us about how to get along? I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in the manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Walk the walk. The Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, says, walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. What calling have you been called to? Well, you have been called to be a child of Christ. A child of God. You've been adopted into the family of God. This is your primary calling. You are baptized. You are baptized into the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This is God's gift to you. This is God's call to you. He called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. As we have been called by God into the family of God, God says, now live in this new identity that you have been given. What does this new identity look like? With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Right smack dab in the middle of that section, as God is teaching us what this manner of walking should look like, is the word love. There is no unity without love. There is no humility without love. There is no love without humility. We have the picture, and more than the picture, we have the gift of the greatest picture of love and humility all wrapped into one person, Jesus Christ. This is love. Not that you loved God, but that God loved us and gave his son as a ransom for us all. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5. My friends, the humility of Jesus the second person of the Trinity, leaving his throne, taking on flesh and blood, making his dwelling among us, living under the law, 
paying our penalty for every time we have broken the law, bleeding and dying as our substitute, overcoming sin, death, and the grave. This is love. This is God's love for us. This is God's love for you. This is God's love for the world. This is the love that God has poured out into the waters of holy baptism. This love has claimed you and adopted you and made you his own, bringing you into his family. This is the calling, this calling of love that God has brought you in, into his family. He has made you new, a new life, a new creature. My friends, as God has made you new, he says, walk, walk in this new life, walk in this love. We don't know what love is apart from the humility of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. How does God want us to walk? With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. To be humble is to think of others more highly than yourself. To be gentle doesn't mean to be a wimp. It means not flying off the handle and getting angry at the drop of a hat. To be patient means to take what you want and when you want it and take a step back. For the sake of others. To bear with one another in love. Is to show the same kind of mercy. To each other. As God has shown. To each one of us. This. This is the Christian life. This is the Christian walk. And we live out this Christian walk, this Christian life in the various vocations that God has placed us in. Our primary calling is the calling to faith in the waters of holy baptism. And now where we live our lives in our vocations is how we live and move and have our being. Are you a husband? Be gentle with your wife. Be patient with her shortcomings. Love her sacrificially as Christ has loved you. Are you a wife? Submit to your husband out of reverence for Christ. Be merciful to him with his shortcomings. Forgive him as Christ in love has forgiven you. Are you a parent? Don't exasperate your children, but bring them up in the fear and nurture and love of the Lord. 
modeling forgiveness in the home. Being a good steward of the gifts that God has given you, especially the gift of the Word of God. Brothers and sisters in the neighborhood, in the family, at church, cut each other some slack. If you have a problem with someone, go talk to them about it. Love. Encourage. Be gentle. Be merciful. And forgive. Forgive without conditions. Forgive with no strings attached. Because that is how God in Christ Jesus has forgiven you. God says, walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Pastor, all this sounds good. But the task is too big. The divisions are too great. You don't know what he did to me. You don't know what she said. You don't know what they posted. My friends, how can the divisions among us, in us, and throughout our world be taken away, be torn down, be healed and united? There's only one way. It's not who gets elected at the next election. It's not who gets the most likes or forewords on their tweets or posts. It's not how many people you can line up on your side. It is only as we humble ourselves before the Word of God, as Christ has humbled Himself to win for us the forgiveness of sins. You see, the opposite of humility is pride. Division, all division, is caused by pride. Maybe it's a refusal to submit to the Word of God, thinking that you have better words than God does. Maybe the pride has manifested itself in wanting to take credit. I've got to make a name for myself. My friends, sinful human pride is never satisfied. Mick Jagger had it right. I can't get no satisfaction. That's the way the world is. That's the way the world of pride is. And that is why our divisions are growing and getting deeper. There's a word that floats around quite often online or in our media. If only... I can be empowered. If my group can be empowered, then the divisions will go away. 
My friends, that's nonsense. The power to heal divisions is in the bloody death and glorious resurrection of Jesus Christ. The power for unity is in the forgiveness of sins earned by the Son of God who humbled Himself in our stead, who took our sins upon Him, who pours out this forgiveness freely, willingly, and without conditions. My friends, God shows us what this unity is. He says, be eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Notice, notice what God doesn't say. He doesn't say, it's up to you to create this unity. No, we already have it. We already have it in Jesus. It's ours. It's a reality. It's a gift at the baptismal font. Unity in Jesus Christ. All we can do is mess it up. All we can do is cause divisions. All we can do is break what God has so freely given us. What does this unity look like? God gives us seven ones. Seven ones. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. These seven ones are the unity that we have in Christ Jesus. One body is the church. All of us who believe that Christ Jesus bled and died for us for the forgiveness of sins. One Spirit is this Holy Spirit that is a Spirit of unity, not the Spirit of this world, which is a Spirit of division. One hope? I'm but a stranger here. Heaven is my home. This is the hope that we all share. That life here is but a gift and a picture. Our true citizenship is in heaven. One Lord. The one Lord Jesus Christ. The one through whom we have forgiveness, life, and salvation. There is salvation in no other name than Jesus Christ. One faith. This faith is the gospel of Jesus Christ. We don't earn it. We don't deserve it. It is pure gift. It is the good news which heals all divisions and unites us as one. One baptism. One baptism, which is a baptism with water in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But it is a baptism, as we confess in the Nicene Creed, a washing of renewal for the forgiveness of sins. It is new life. It is new birth. It is regeneration. It is this new life and calling that God has called us to. And one God, over all, in all, and through all, there's only one true God. The Father, Son, 
and Holy Spirit. One God in three persons, three persons in one God. God the Father who says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. Come to me, all you who are sick and tired of the divisions and want true unity and true healing. Come to me and I will give you rest. And what is this rest? My friends, God has seen our divisions and knows that they are all caused by sin. And so God sends Jesus to live and die and rise for you and for me and for the life of the world. Can't we just get along? Well, sadly, sin is real. But sin is not the last word and division is not the last word. We have true unity in the humility of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And as we hear his word and believe his word and live in this forgiveness of sins, we humble ourselves. We hear the word of God. We look around and we don't see our enemies, but we see brothers and sisters in Christ. And for those outside the faith, we don't see our enemies, but we see those for whom Christ has bled and died and need to hear the good news of salvation. My friends, may our unity and our humility be together in Christ Jesus our Lord. May God grant it for his sake. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts, our minds, our unity, our humility in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.